I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Welcome to the Geek Down Podcast, the show where two friends and fellow nerds try and find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Caitlin McKinnon, and gazing at me with anxiety and general delight is Jordan Ferguson. Anxiety and general delight. Yes. What am I anxious about? Um, how often we're going to have to do this. <laughs> often what? The intro? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Caitlin tried the intro, yeah? I did, I did the intro, like I used to do a long time ago when we used to see each other in person. We used to alternate. Yeah. Qu- quite a bit. All the time. All the time. Through so many episodes. Caitlin, what episode is this? This is episode 263. 263. Wow. That's amazing. If you want to listen to any of our other 262 episodes, where where are they going to go, Jordan? Uh, you can go to Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, Stitcher, wherever you get your audio content. That's true. Give the show a little rate, review, follow, subscribe, high five, back pat. Can you do a back pat? I hope so. Man, that's so grandma-y. <laughs> Love it. A little firm, little firm hug. <laughs> little, little. You know when your grandma used to give you that. Oh my god! Yes. Firm slap on the back for yes. a hug. Does, did, is this a thing? Did other people experience this? <laughs> I, think the, I think white Anglo Saxons. Yes, I think. I think the back punch was a very. Uh, my grandma used to slap me super hard on the back, and t- I thought it was super weird. Toughen you up for the Canadian wilderness, <laughs> y'all. If you're on Spotify specifically, you can click a little bell in the corner. That will not only sub- subscribe you to the podcast, you will get notifications whenever new episodes go live. If you're on another platform and you think that's unfair, worry not, friends. You will still get a notification every time new episodes go live. It will be the sound of chimes on the wind because your episodes are coming on the back of a rainbow main alicorn named Philip via your man's... Chauncey Brasilicus III, Geek Down Internet Elf. He is coming. It is his season. It is his time. Oh, yeah. This is this is the time where he really feels alive. <laughs> the songs are in the air. It's getting frosty. It snowed here yesterday, y'all. Um, It's been snowing little, off little and on. Bit of flurries. Yeah. And here. Blech. <laughs> if you want to tell Caitlin to stop snitching, you can head on over to twitter.com slash geekdownpod. Get up off Twitter. Okay. Let her know that <laughs> snitches get stitches. You a rat. A rat, bro. You're a rat. R-A-T. A rat. More on that in a okay. moment. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll get to that in a we'll get to that in a moment. That is where the show lives on the social media. It's on the Twitter. If you would like to support the show financially, if you're feeling generous as the holiday season kicks into full gear, head on over to ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod. Three bucks in ye old tip jar. Say thanks with currency. And it's very much appreciated. And I know that you are probably recovering from spending two years online shopping. Um, but y'all, y'all, it is rough. <laughs> but but if you have nothing more to online shop, just feel free to just like chuck some money our way. We appreciate it. In fact, they're basically in the real world about to have a normal Christmas. And it's like, oh, wait, yeah. I can't just buy shit for myself all the time. No. And now there's that issue with getting stuff. Everywhere. Everywhere. Literally everywhere. Yeah. Don't come to me for your squishmallows this year. <laughs> It'd be a rough hang. Caitlin. Yeah. Why are you snitching? Because I'm an old lady and I was really mad and A, okay, first of all. Caitlin don't like when the kids vape on the go train, yeah? I don't like when anybody vapes. Who vapes on the go train? 
Who vapes on the go train? Really? On any train? On any mode of transportation other than your own car? It is not allowed. It has not been allowed since like 1996. Like, I... were they at least were they these were these troublesome teens at least in the uh, restroom? No, <laughs> they were sitting in the chairs like the way the chairs are on the go train. They face each other, mm. so they were in the set that was right in front of me. So not oh. facing me, but like in the set of chairs, and they were taking their. All, all, they all had their masks off. <laughs> that was even like more frustrating. And, like, if you're going to vape, go to the end. Like, so away from the old lady who's behind you, <laughs> who's going to tell on you. I don't even know what the lady... The lady probably just went and was like... Please. Oh, you you weren't the lady? No, I'm not telling them. I've been told to F off more times than I like in my life. And I was like, I don't want some, like, 18-year-old to, you know... Oh, so you, F off. you didn't actually snitch. Oh, I did. I went to the the, like person on the i don't know what they're called actually they do the announcements but they're more than an, just an announcer oh right yeah they kind of like they open the doors and they yeah they do some other stuff as well so um train operator train there you operator. go they're not the drive they're not the con- they're not the engineer but. no but they're the operator so i told her and i said look i'm really sorry i just need to let you know there are other people in the car someone will probably come and tell you anyway and when i was getting off the go train the go train police were getting on and i was like i think they're just here to look at tickets but i really hope they're not i really hope that she like just like called and was like come deal with with these troublesome teens pulling your hood up and (laughs) no i was like fuck y'all don't vape on my car don't vape on my car in my car um yeah i just it's it's not cool if they were just drinking, I'd be like, whatever. But your smoke was getting in my face. <laughs> fruit flavored. No, no, smoke. no. Not. I've been on. I've been on the go train with drinkers, and that's not much better. And oh. you cannot anonymously snitch on a drinker. That is no, no. That's, that's true. That is a little rougher. Um, friends, thank you for indulging us on our week off last week, so Katie Mack could uh, head out to the Bohemian West Coast. Yes. She is reeking of patchouli. Oh, it's it's wild. <laughs> Patchouli and and mountains and just damp, yes, mud, damp and flood and yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, right. How was that? Um, it it didn't super affect us. I mean, it affect the region very tightly around Vancouver and Vancouver has this weird thing where there is an actual Vancouver and then there are all these places right around it, uh, Coquitlam, Surrey. And um, New Westminster, and they're not actually part of Vancouver. It's not like the greater Toronto area where, you know, you say if you're from Scarborough, but you on your thing, you write Toronto on your address. Right. Um, they actually are separate cities, like separate police and stuff, but they say they're from Vancouver. So if you're like from Coquitlam, you will say you're from Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of those areas were much more effective than we were. Um, and we were worried we wouldn't be able to pick up senior correspondent Chris from his flight in Abbotsford. Uh, but thankfully by then things had, had not, uh, had dried up a little bit. Um, however, they were supposed to get more rain in the next couple of days. Oh um, yeah. It's, it's rough out there Yeah, right now. So I, I feel very bad for them. Um, uh, if you don't know, Vancouver had tons or, or BC had tons of wildfires, um, in the summer and it would, they had this crazy heat wave and. It, this is not the balance they wanted. They wanted <laughs> rain, rain then, not now. 
How was uh, how was the wedding overall? Excellent, excellent. It was very nice. I got to meet a lot of uh, you know people that I'd heard a lot about. Um, some people I've seen a couple times because I've been out there to visit um, Ren. Um, which was wonderful. We actually sat with some people who were super awesome, which was great because sometimes you sit with people at weddings and you're like, we have nothing to talk about. Um, but no, everyone was super friendly. Our table was great. Um, we had some really good talks with people. Wedding was lovely. Um, I didn't think I was going to cry and I bawled my eyes out and didn't have a tissue and just was like a snotty dripping mess uh while they were saying their vows to each other um so yeah good wedding good food um yeah it was it was lovely i did nothing that on also, the hiatus that also sounds lovely i had a three-day break three-day weekend from a major canadian retailer and i did one thing i met up with my friend leah and Went to uh, the Gold Standard over on Roncesville. Oh. You know what I learned, Caitlin? What? I'm an idiot. Oh, but we knew that. Hey, hey. Because it's literally, like, it's on Roncesville. Yeah. It's like, it's I, right I can there. walk there in like half an hour. Yeah. If that. Sometimes people call this area of Roncesville. Uh, how dare you? I just said some people, not everyone. The wrong people. The wrong people. I'm Parkdale forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, they are known for, uh, they say... It's called the Gold Standard. It's based on like the ass end of a coffee shop, and I guess they do burgers as well. But they have a breakfast sandwich that is Ooh. just fantastic. We know, well, we know how we feel about breakfast sandwiches, and I'm sure our audience feels the same way about breakfast. I know sandwiches. how I feel about breakfast sandwiches. I might be taking my ass down there tomorrow to get one my wow. damn self. Um, and and not and? for nothing, maybe the best cup of coffee I've ever had. Oh. Oh, wow. That's a bold statement. That is a bold statement. I'm not a coffee drinker, but... I was taken aback, y'all. Oh, my goodness. I was taken aback by Reunion Coffee. <laughs> Shouts to y'all. Give them your business, Toronto. Um, So, because we were on hiatus, we're going to try to keep this as lean as possible. It might get a little beefy. We're going to do our best. We're going to do our best, because I also have a, a bit of a heart out, so I am going to keep my eye on the time. Apparently, I'm getting a reputation at work for moving meetings along. <laughs> Which I never thought was going to be like Caitlin McKinnon can move meetings along. Just keeps it, keeps Keep it, it moving. Chugga so, chugga. I, I can do that here. Um, Caitlin. Yeah. There's a bit of news. There is. That we saw out there. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you, Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Who, which has the more, do you think, believable retirement? The Nature Boy Ric Flair. Okay. Or Hayao Miyazaki. Showtime! Oh, Ric Flair, because I don't think Hayao Miyazaki is going anywhere. Yeah, so news dropped. Uh, this, is a good, this is via deadline, uh, November 26th. Studio Ghibli director Hayao Miyazaki comes out of retirement <laughs> for a new animated feature. I believe this is his fifth retirement that yeah. he's come out of. Yeah. Um, that man, that man, you know when that man's going to retire? When he's in the ground. Um, uh, no, when he's passed to the other side. Yes. He's going to be a ghost here, still making <laughs> shit. And then he's finally going to be like, okay. He will be a ghost here berating his son for not being (laughs) a good enough director and dragging his old ass out of retirement all the time. Uh, Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly! So this was announced uh, in an interview with the New York Times. He didn't give much detail about the film, but mentioned it's based on Genzaburo Yoshina's 1937 book, How Do You Live? The story follows a teenage boy in Tokyo who moves in with his uncle after his father dies. The novel is reportedly one of the director's favorites. Uh... Miyazaki didn't confirm if the film would have the same name. And when asked why he was returning to direct the film, he simply answered, because I wanted to. Yeah. Suck on that. That's what happens <laughs> when you're, you're 
famous and rich and lauded. You can just do whatever the fuck you want. Um, have you seen that meme this week of the two guys on the bus? No. And one is looking at the sun, the sunshiny side of the bus. Yeah. And is like very sad. Yeah. And the other person is looking at like dark concrete and slime and yeah. is very happy. There's been a number of those memes going around. Okay. But the best one is obviously the one where the guy sad looking at the sunshine is Hayao Miyazaki and the guy happy looking at the slime is Junji. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, that's all right. Make such precious films. Yes. You are so <laughs> surly <laughs> all the time. I love you, you old man. And I look forward to seeing whatever the hell you come out with for your next last movie. Good times. What do you got? Um, so I have a couple things. One being, so I don't think we've talked about Mystery Science Theater 3000 no, um, on the show. For, oh, we have. Oh, okay. So maybe not for a while. Um, Chris and I, so Chris had, has watched the old stuff, um, and he sort of got me into the new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just, if you don't know, basically it's these segments um, in between, smashed in between people doing a riff track on terrible movies. Yes. Um, or a terrible movie. Um, I've seen some of the worst, best movies on um, on the show, and I love the little bits in between, by and large, and they're just weird and wacky, and it's that mixture of silly and uh, poor. Like, you know, the set design is like, you know, tubing that's been spray-painted, <laughs> right. and the, the Muppets or puppets or, you know, things that you find in, in uh, old uh, in Value Village, right? Like, that's just the, the look of the thing. Um, I didn't know, I mean, I know that they hadn't been on for a while. I didn't know why. I didn't know if it had been canceled. This show's been canceled like four times. <laughs> um, and, but it is back. So, uh, they did a Kickstarter saying if they could get a certain amount of money, um, they could make 12 episodes of a new season and they got well beyond what they had asked for. So they, uh, earned more than $6.5 million. Lord. Yeah. And so they're going to do 13 episodes. I don't know when this is going to air. Apparently a lot of the original people are coming back. Um, and it's going to be a good time. Uh, so I'm just excited that, you know, people are like, Hey, if you want to see this thing, give us money. And then people are like, yeah, we want to see this thing. Here's your money. Um, I just like how that works. So yeah, that was just, that was like a bright spot of news. A bright spot, y'all. A bright spot. I actually have a couple bright spots. So if you have anything horribly tragic, like you sometimes do. Hmm. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think I have any tragedy this week. Okay. That's good. (laughs) Keep the bright spots coming. Vibes up. Awesome. Um, Okay. So, well, Gates McFadden, who people would better know as Dr. Beverly uh, Crusher from uh, Star Trek Next Generation, um, or as the worst doctor in Star Trek, um, has a podcast. Hey, I think people would agree. She's a pretty terrible doctor. (laughs) I mean, not as bad as Deanna is a counselor, but like... Just, you thought it was beef gotta, season last why, month. Listen. <laughs> Yo, welcome to beef season. Lizards and senators, all my wizards out in Gryffindor. Beef season continues. Shots uh, to 30 year old <laughs> Star Trek episodes. Um, anyway, she has a podcast where she interviews people from Star Trek, from TNG, and from lots of different. Uh, lots of uh, the other shows. Um, I haven't checked it out yet. I just found out about it, I'm, but I'm super excited about it because she's kind of lovely. And I like it when Star Trek people do other things and are good at it. Um, and then finally, 
Uh, Obi Wan Kenobi show is happening. Yeah. I, I, but I mean, like it, it's really happening. Like, I, you know, when people are like, "Oh yeah, it's happening, it's happening," it's like happening, happening. Like it's almost done. Well, it's going to come out in 2022, mm-hmm. and that's next year, so that's pretty good. And, um, I know Deborah Chow is one of the like main creative yes. people on it. Directed some. One of the, some of the better episodes of The Mandalorian. Yeah. And um, and they brought back Hayden Christensen um, to play Darth Vader. So that's pretty cool. I feel bad for Hayden Christensen. He totally... People were very mean to that poor kid. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't his fault. <laughs> it was not his fault. No. Um, sidebar. I meant to send you this. Did you see the clip of... Uh, Speaking of people who got kind of a bum rap who we're always rooting for, mm-hmm. um, of Brendan Fraser being interviewed by a TikToker and just kind of like, Brendan Fraser is about to have a renaissance. Like he's, Oh, he is. He has been. And he's, I believe he was talking to this, uh, basically agreed to get interviewed by a fan who was at the time in cosplay as Rachel Weisz from The Mummy. Right. And um, he was saying how excited he was because he's going to be in this uh Killers of the Flower Moon yeah. adaptation, which Scorsese's doing, and yeah. he's going to have you know, Leo and De Niro, and I think it's based on a very, uh, very good and popular book about, I believe, the start of the Central Intelligence Agency. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it's about. Um, and he's just like super amped about that. And this woman was, who was interviewing him was just like, you know, that's so great, and just you know, realize that you have so many people rooting for you, and you're so loved, and we want to see you know your success and your happiness. And he starts misting up. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, Brendan Fraser, you are the purest thing on the internet. Yeah. He had, yeah, that, yeah. We are all rooting for you. We are. Brendan Fraser. Because he listens to this podcast. He does. And he roots for us. We're just rooting for each other at this point. Mutual admiration society. Um, Shouts to Brendan Fraser. And shouts to Hayden Christensen. And Gates McFadden. (laughs) And Gates McFadden. (laughs) To keep the ball rolling, like I said I was going to do. Oh God. We're going to. We're going to move into updates because both of us have chonky you know, updates. You know how it goes when the content starts flowing. She's been on flights. She's probably yeah. been watching movies I and have shit. To, like, I have to turn a page. God, Listen page. to that page turn. <laughs> Try to keep this moving. Yeah. Oh, you want me to go first? Yes. Yeah, because you go more in depth. But don't yell at me when I tell you you have to keep going. Um, all right. So, <clears throat> I watched one episode of Arcane. Finished Inside Job, uh, watched the six episodes of Dal- Dalgleish. Um, huh? <laughs> I'll get into that. Uh, all episodes out of Wheel of Time as of oh, now. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Red Notice, Jungle Cruise, The Final Girls, Zombieland Double Tap, uh, the new episodes of Shetland, which are going week by week. I don't know what's going on. No, God, please, no! no! All of The Cleaner, um... The one episode of Hawkeye, um, Free Guy, The Harder They Fall, and uh, bits of DuckTales, ep- new DuckTales episodes, which uh, senior correspondent Chris has told me added some deep lore. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and a Christmas There's movie. There's no deep lore to DuckTales. <laughs> oh, and, and um, Dashing in December. <gasps> and a Christmas movie. <laughs> And a Christmas movie that I shall not, that shall remain um, anonymous because that's for next month. You know, you jumped ahead. Yeah. Well, I needed stuff to watch. It's a long plane ride. Two of them. My God, where do I want to begin? Well, I watched Hawkeye as well, so we'll do our usual and bridge, bridge our two with Hawkeye. Okay. 
Uh, what do I want to know about here? Tell me about the Hurt or They Fall. How do we like the Hurt or They Fall? Um, I wanted it to be. I knew it was a movie. I wanted it to be like a limited miniseries mm. type thing. I just they were doing a lot, and there were a lot of characters, and I really liked like the cinematography and it looked good and everyone looked good and everyone was super fucking cool and it had so many elements of cowboy movies that i loved a couple that i didn't but yeah it was good it was good the casting was great um tell me about red notice uh red notice was all you expect and there was a surprise that actually surprised me i saw uh dj that's what I call him. Okay. I've known him from way back. You know, I call him DJ. Uh, <laughs> someone keeps going to yell at me because she knows I'm lifting Jesus Amaro jokes, but it's Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart on uh, Jesus Amaro called him DJ. That's me. And they were like, oh, oh, he DJ for you. Yeah. Um, but uh, The Rock was also on Jesus Amaro the week before and said that they were talking about the movie and he was like, yeah. he was like, he got to some twist and he was like, he like slapped the guy in the face and threw the script down and he was like, we're making this movie. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Yeah. What was that twist? I'm not going to tell you. What a twist. It was It was an actual... It was actually a moment where connoisseur, I was like, connoisseur of twists. You actually I, appreciated both, it? Both. Ren, Ren is a writer. She's whose wedding I went to go to. We mm-hmm. watched it together with her lovely fiance, now husband. And uh, Ren and I were both like... <gasps> Classic Caitlin gasp. Did you know which one? Did you Did you know which one was actually... <laughs> which, which, me? Is which it real or is it memory, y'all? Um... Yeah, that we were like, wow, that was really good. And it was a, f- and even if without that, it was a very fun movie. I don't know how you fuck up those three people together. Like, I'm right? sure it's yeah. probably Dees, no matter and, what. And some of the things where I was like, well, that blah, 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 that's stupid or blah, blah, got explained by like the twist and stuff. It was, it was good. It was good. Um, because we're talking about The Rock, uh, Jungle Cruise. Jungle Cruise is the spiritual successor of The Mummy 2. Fight me. I can't play shots fired again, but she's. She, that is my that is my take, everyone. That's my hottest take. Might not be that hot. Someone might watch it and be like, "Oh yes, you are correct." <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is a correct take. There is no beef here. That take was correct. We are all vegetarian. Um, yeah, and then I guess things that are of note for me to tell you guys about. Mm. Um, so anyone out there who likes British television, who has watched Taskmaster, which I've talked about on the show a little bit, and likes Greg Davies, I think you're really going to like The Cleaner. Um, it's a really interesting show. It is not... It is... You know what it reminds me of? Hmm. It reminds me of Kumpf episodic Japanese shows. Okay. Like the one, the 24-hour diner one. I mean, um, you have my attention. Yeah. it 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 has a little bit of the, like dark slash uh, juvenile-ish humor of British television. Not not crazy amounts, um, but it, it has amazing moments as well, and it's really well written. Um, so The Cleaner is definitely, it's, it's episodic, it's interesting, it's well written. Sometimes it can drag in spots, um, but really, by and large, it's a really great comf show. There are no stakes. Um, and yeah, I really like it because it's about a crime scene cleaner. So there we go. Tell me. Yeah. I didn't. I have unfinished short stories about crime scene cleaner, so I'll probably watch that. Um, tell me about Wheel of Time. 
Wheel of Time. Um, I did not read the books. Yes. This is some of the fantasy series that I just was not... Actually, people told me not to get into it. Right. They're like, there are too many books. It goes on too long. You'll never get, you know, an end to this. Don't don't read them. I was like, all right. <laughs> um, however, senior correspondent Chris, Chris has, though. Yes. So it makes for an interesting viewing experience. He, as he said to me today, he's like, I'm not sure if it's good or I'm getting excited and nostalgic. <laughs> I was able to tell him it is good. Okay. It's fun. It's interesting. I know what's going on after not knowing anything about the characters or the world or anything like that. Um, it's it's better than Game of Thrones because I don't think it takes itself too seriously. And there's magic up from the get-go. Like, it's just, like, pure, like, actual fantasy. Um so yeah, it's but it's a good time. It's a good hang. There, every episode's really interesting. Um, there aren't like a crazy number of characters. So you're not like, who is this again? Um, yeah, and I'm sure it's going to get a little more political as we go. Um, but yeah, it's good. It's good. Haven't had time for it yet, but it's on the. Oh my the god, list. there's so much shit. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just uh drowning and stuff. Uh, lastly. How do you feel about Hawkeye? Um, first episode, it's okay. It's for kids. We all know this. I hope, or at least family. I family, family. Does it get less family? Maybe. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, right now, first episode, I felt family-ish, which is fine. That's I'm part of a family. I, you know, I liked it. Um. Introduce the character. She's, uh, she's, she's good. She's, I mean, I, I don't know much to say about it yet. The first episode wasn't like, oh my God, that's the best episode of television I've ever seen. It just sets things up. Oh, but there is a dog with one eye. Their pizza dog is very important. Yeah. Um, so I've seen two. Okay. It's bad, y'all. Oh. It's bad. Is it? <laughs> it's not, it's not good. If you are tired of things like stakes. Yeah. If you want something that seems to be completely devoid of any connection to the Marvel universe, the grand, the grand design of the MCU. Yeah. Maybe this is your speed. Okay. Um, I had, I forgot it went up and I was talking to the most consistent man at work about it. And he's like, how attached are you to the Matt fraction Hawkeye run? Because it seemed very highly suggested that, this was going to liberally take from the Hawkeye solo series written by Matt Fraction in like 2017 or something. It's okay. back a ways. Um, which was very much about like, what does Hawkeye do on his days off? Well, he kind of like is a landlord on a brownstone and, and nobody likes him. <laughs> um, and it was just a real chill hang and yeah. also kind of dealing with him and Kate and mm-hmm. um, him like, she had already kind of was acting as a Hawkeye in the Young Avengers right. team type of thing and him like coaching her and they're pushing poles. And the pizza dog was just kind of like a like a just stray that just kind of hung around type of thing. Yeah. Um, and the tracksuit mafia, the, you know, the dudes who say bro all the time. Yep. And at the time, I said like as long as it's got a dog and guys who say bro all the time, that's basically that's what all I need out of the Hawkeye show. And he's right. like, well, okay, you'll get that. And then I watched the second episode, which featured 20 minutes of Jeremy Renner LARPing, and I went, mm. uh, No, actually, that sounds like a great time. This is, you will probably love it. Um, 
The problem is you can't have the Hawkeye, you can't have the Matt Fraction Hawkeye in this universe right. because you have to account for, listen, we are Cardellini Hive all day in this house. Right, yes. I will welcome any opportunity to put Linda Cardellini on my television screen. Right. And Joss Whedon has done a lot of shitty things in his life. Yes. Giving Hawkeye a family in Age of Ultron was maybe one of the shittier things he did. Oh, okay. Because you now have this character and you're trying to, like, shoehorn the Matt Fraction fancy-free Hawkeye stuff into uh, Trauma Hawk Ronin Mafia killer Jeremy Renner. That that was in there. I forgot about that. You blotted blotted that shit away. You were just like, Avengers musical. Yeah. Um, Well, yeah. And, like, the fact that I liked that they showed him having a hearing aid. Right. um, And... That was cute. Yeah. I don't know if that was in the first or the second episode where Kate the was first, like, first episode. Kate was like, oh. why do you have a hearing aid? Oh yeah, that must be in the And then part. there's like cuts to him like yeah. <laughs> jumping through explosions <laughs> and things going off next to his head and whatever. Um, I did like that Kate's first sort of like introduction. We've seen now, you know, reactions on the ground to like the blip. Yeah. But reactions on the ground to like the Chitari and just like, mm-hmm. oh, there are giant like space snakes going through Manhattan. That like, that's, murdered people yes. and yeah, destroyed things. Um, I always appreciate those things. Like I'm a guy who used to stand for damage control back in the day, which was a comic about right. the, the company that cleaned up after yeah. superhero battles. Um, where's my damage control series? <laughs> How was that not a thing yet? Um, but just, you, it's real hard to get the energy of the Matt Fraction into this version of Hawkeye. Right. And maybe, hey, three, but that's our rule. Three, three episodes. The, I'm, it's a, it's a dumb Marvel thing. I'm going to watch it regardless. Yeah, but right now, I'm just saying for everybody else's sake. Right now, it's bad. All right. I'm going to make you wait for it. Okay. Oh, thanks. That's great. <laughs> I know. I know it's why you're here. It's the only reason you're here. And to possibly listen to me talk about Dalgleish. I think we can skip Dalgleish this week. I think maybe we'll come back next week for Dalgleish. I'll, I'll, I'll make note of that. <laughs> what did I get into? I finished the Harlem Shuffle by Colson Whitehead. Oh. It was great. It started with just like a heist thing, and then it turned into a story where our lead, um, as he tries to get more reputable, it kind of goes in three movements. The first movement is like this heist that kind of goes wrong, but not really. And then that's our Carney, our lead character take sort of the um, proceeds from that heist and Mm kind of gets a little more reputable. He gets an invite and kind of like this, uh, I guess what would have been the uh, black version of like a, you know, members only club type of thing in Harlem. Cool. And gets sort of uh, taken by one of the people who make the decisions on who gets to be accepted. This banker Mm -hmm. um, who's like, you know, yeah, grease some palms, you know, type of thing to, you know, I can make it easier for you. So he like, you know, cuts him, gives him an envelope with like 500 bucks or whatever. And it's like, he basically just takes his money and tells him to fuck himself <laughs> sort of thing. So then it becomes another heist of Carney being like, we go fuck that guy. <laughs> like, Amazing. and then the third one is about his cousin, um, sort of getting involved in the Greenwich, in the Greenwich village scene and hanging out with this, uh, rich kid who ends up dying of a, a heroin overdose and he's wanted in connection with that and also they robbed his family oh my God. um type of thing and also <laughs> this is uh it takes this movement of the book takes place in like i don't remember the exact year but they're mentioning like 
there was a police killing of a young boy and there were riots in Harlem, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, hmm, I wonder if this was a real thing. <laughs> yes, of course it was. Of course it was. Um, of course it was. Great book. Loved it. Um, one of those books that you can read, you, one of those books where as you're reading, you go, oh, somebody's going to make something of this. Like, right. this is, this has been sold. This mm-hmm. is, somebody's going to make a show of this. Um, what else? Things I've been watching. Hawkeye was eh. I just, I'm just like, I have like Stockholm syndrome for Curb Your Enthusiasm. I just like, it's just in my rotation on Monday mornings now. I just like, just watch people be awful. Although last week's episode did have a bit about where uh, Larry gets in trouble because he loves that the chefs at Japanese restaurants will yell, (laughs) when he walks in and he wants to do it and he starts doing it and he pisses off everybody in the restaurant and just things continue from there. This reminds me to never watch this show. (laughs) Um... Still on Comey Can't Communicate. It's still dumb and adorable. And I just, sometimes I'm watching it when Kate shows up and we just watch one little <laughs> segment because it's a, it's a slice of life show. So it's a bunch of little things per episode. And it's just like, Comey learns to tell jokes. <laughs> well, she doesn't, but it's adorable that she tries. Um, Blue Period was gone for a hot second. It's back now. So oh. I'm hoping I'm still enjoying that as much as I always was. Exams are coming up. Hopefully, hopefully Yaguchi makes his, clears his first entrance exam to the Tokyo University of the Arts. Hopefully, if he can only learn to be more self-centered. Just be more self-centered and take yourself less seriously. Gotta have fun. Gotta have fun, y'all. Fun. Uh, one random thing that I had seen suggested on my uh, Netflix homepage okay. for quite a while okay. was something called Stay Tuned. Seems like an older show, and I know it's about like a news news station, a Japanese news station. This is a Japanese drama drama comedic drama if you will um and i don't i don't remember i'm not going to remember her name but she is she's working at a station kind of in the sticks okay there's a bunch of like a it and maybe this is a thing of like the japanese corporate world where like you kind of start as like a class right and you know their first year second years you know whatever and there's a totem pole right right um seniority is king so she gets hired with a bunch of people at the same time, and the show kind of centers around all of them. And she is a buffoon. Right. Complete and utter buffoon. And the thing that, and like the you know, the other, her foil in the show is like the super professional guy who like can't believe she ever got hired and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's a very endearing buffoon. And there's this rumor that the station has something called the dummy program. Okay. Where they deliberately hire a buffoon because they raise everyone else up. Right. And this is illustrated in the opening scenes where one of her class is about to get her first shot reading the news on like the five o'clock, you know, seven, seven minute news break, you know, right. whatever. And the buffoon writes the script, but it has all these spelling errors and things are wrong and incorrect or whatever. But because her colleague who's debuting, she's like, if I fuck up, I look like an idiot. Like right. it doesn't matter if she wrote it bad. If I read it bad, it's on me. So in the moment, she corrects all these mistakes and it's just like, oh my God, this is incredible to watch because she has to fix all the mistakes that the buffoon made. Right. She does this all the time. It's very sweet. It's very dumb. It's only like six episodes long. <laughs> Again, comp, chill hang. Um, always good for this time of year. Always good for this time of year. Listen, it's 5.30 as we're recording right now. It looks like three in the morning out there. That's where we're it's at right so now. It's so dark, guys. That's where we're at right now. And I know we complain about it every year, but every year it sucks. <laughs> it didn't stop sucking last year. No. So you knew it was going to suck this year. Um, games. I recently returned to a game for the iPad called Epic 7. Mm-hmm. 
This is a game that's it's a very pretty solid uh, turn based RPG, mm-hmm. free to play, um, with Gacha. And I think maybe it's just because I had a hot run of like pulling rare characters on the Gacha that I've really gone back to it and realizing that I had like not played the story mode. I thought I had like ceilinged on the oh. story mode and it was getting too hard, but it turns out I haven't. So I'm back to like chapter two of eight that this game has. Amazing. Um, super fun. Good idol, idol game. I D L E where you can just like put it on auto and walk away and Very cool. the game will go through the levels and grind for materials. And I, I didn't talk about games. <laughs> Should I have? Do you have anything desperate you want to talk about? Um, the, that uh, we are playing the opposite of an idle game, playing Dragon Age Inquisition. It's very involved. It's very. You have to make some very hard decisions. <laughs> Stop doing that, games. Make up your own stories. Stop making me make them for you. <laughs> Listen, we have established. I do not play those games because I do not like the feeling of every decision I make being yeah. like weighed on a moral scale. Oh, it's yeah. There's a one where like the story basically splits here. No. Yeah. Hate it. So we're going to have to do both. Yep. That's how they get you. Down on multiple playthroughs. Um, and also, wooed by the debut of the Los Santos Tuners <laughs> expansion, <laughs> we have made our <laughs> triumphant return to San Andreas. Amazing. Again. Happens every few months or so. Yeah. Any more whale races? Whale races? Whale races. Isn't that when you raced and there was like a whale and you were like, fuck that whale. No? I mean, pro- I I mean pro- probably, but no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jesus. There are no whale. Well, I did research, and I think in this, I think if you do play the single player and go tooling around in submarines, you will see a whale. So, eh, No. That achievement will remain locked. <laughs> we will never platinum this game <laughs> for that. Um, my buffoonery with this game, or sorry, with this round of GTA Online, is that... Um, I had a fat stack of cash from just kind of grinding and mm-hmm. they were giving away a bunch of money for free the past few months and lead up to the GTA or to the, uh, PS five version right. of GTA five slash online. So I had all this money. I do, I do a quick, uh, I was like, let me just get in and, uh, see what, cause they have all these races. And for some reason I really enjoy races on Grand Theft Auto and, but only certain class of cars are used on these street races. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, well, which one's the best? And you hop on Google and they say, this car's the best. I'm like, okay, let me grab that one, max it out, soup it up, give it a cool paint job, and out we go. And then I read the fine print. And it's like, it's the best car if you can figure out how to turn it. <laughs> I could not. Uh, please tell this, me you've this recorded thing turned, something. This thing turned like a fucking boat. I could not figure <laughs> out. I you could know, not corner with this thing to save my life. You know who could figure it out? Hmm. The queen, Andy McDowell. <laughs> Oh my god, we didn't even get your takes on dashing in December. Oh my god, next week. <laughs> Write it down. Put a pin in it. Um, so I basically I was like, fuck this. I'm never going to do anything. I'm never going to come close to winning with this. So I fucking sold it and then basically had to spend like three weeks back on solo play wow. grinding for cash to do it again. So I'm, And what we learned from doing that is... You're terrible with money? As steady as the tides. There are a few things in this life you can depend on, y'all. Perfume is perfection. Um... Darkness at 4.30 will perennially suck. And there is no end to the ways Jordan Ferguson can fail a mission on Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> do you want to see a plane hit a tree at a 90 degree angle I, I and do. explode? Yep. It'll happen. <laughs> do you want to see him 
annoyed by uh, non-playable opponents shooting at him. Uh-huh. Not really in any danger of thwarting him, but it's just annoying. Jordan gets out to uh, eliminate them while forgetting he has the grenade launcher equipped <laughs> and pings one of those off and blows up the truck himself and the enemies. <laughs> Those are things. Uh, those are things that happen. I maintain I would have like one of the best buffoonish Grand Theft Auto streams on Twitch if it ever if I ever got that up and running. That's but I have my Jester FR whatever, and I'm having more fun racing now. Um, is, it, is it time? I think it's time. It's you know, time. you know why you're here. It's time. Drum roll, please. We don't have one of those, but I'll just I can't do it because I have no rhythm. But uh... <laughs> so. This happens every so often. It's a momentous day where we reach the conclusion of something that we have kind of followed through its lifespan over the course of this show. Right. We're from from its announcement mm-hmm. to its completion mm-hmm. to its broadcast debut mm-hmm. to then the critical take. Mm-hmm. And here we are again yep. at one of those moments. Yes, we are. As Jordan gives his takes on the Netflix adaptation of possibly one of his top five favorite shows of all time. The Anime Cowboy Bebop. Uh-huh. We'll just say he didn't hate it. Oh. With some caveats. Okay. I have benefited from really being able to just, for some reason, accept that the anime exists mm-hmm. and the anime is perfect. Yeah. And I don't need this to be the anime. Why would I want this to be the anime? I already have the anime. And it's already perfect. And it's already perfect. And I don't need this to be. So I'm just interested to see what this is going to be. Right. Secondly, I also want to preface this by saying any criticisms I have of the show mm-hmm. do not come from a place of fanboy whinging. Okay. Because I made the mistake. Yes. We do this sometimes. Mm-hmm. We can't help ourselves. And we start playing a video from the quartering or one of these other neckbeard sites. With a headline on YouTube that says "woke fail" or something like that, mm-hmm. and they want to talk about that time. Danielle Pineda, the actress who plays Faye, um, put a troll video out after she was announced as after you know she first debuted in character, and people were all pissed off that the outfit wasn't held together by straps and paper mache <laughs> and hope, and that she <laughs> and that she doesn't have a 17 inch waist and a 47 inch bust and things like that. Yeah, and. When you watch one of these neckbeards start going on about, this is what happens when you don't listen to the fans and you just have to... Listen, fuck the fans. Fuck the fans. I'm a fan. Fuck me. Yeah. You know what happens when you listen to the fans? You know what you get? Rise of Skywalker. That's yeah, what you get. That's yeah. what you thought you wanted. And would you get... Were you happy about that? No. No. No, you were no, not. You weren't. No, you were not. You know what happens when you don't listen to the fans? You get Last Jedi, which I still haven't seen, but from what I understand, it's pretty good. When you listen to the fans, you know what you get? You get snakes on the plane. That's what you get. <laughs> Fans were like, it'd be great if Samuel L. Jackson was on a plane, saying motherfucker a lot, on a plane filled with snakes. That'd be an awesome movie. And Hollywood said, book it. And then... And then it came out. And it was terrible. So, fuck fans and fuck all that. I wanted to see what they were going to do with this. The other caveat you have to remember is I think we have fallen into a trap regarding television. Where I think we think Mm -hmm. any show that arrives with even a little bit of... Fanfare? Fanfare. Sometimes we're in each other's heads. Is going to be Game of Thrones or The Sopranos or Mad Men. Right. This is, for better or worse, a sci-fi show. S-Y-F-Y. Yeah. This is a middle-of-the-road 
TV ass TV show. This is 90s Star Trek. Oh my God. Is this Andromeda? This is Andromeda. This is, this is Babylon 5. This is. Oh my gosh. Is this Deepwater Black? This is. Your budget was maybe two thirds of what you should have had. Right. And you're making do. Yeah. Now, do I have problems with the show? Do I think they made some poor decisions? Yeah. But here's the thing. The anime I heard somebody mention in the in the discourse mm-hmm. after the live action came out was like, the anime is the epilogue to a story we never saw. Right. Of the 26 episodes of the show, of the anime, five of them have to do with Vicious, Julia, you know, whatever. A couple other episodes about Faye and Ed's backstory and yeah. like, that's it. Um, and the rest of it is just genre hangs yes. with these real cool people. Um, and awesome music in the background and awesome music in the background. And listen, and that is still the thing. I mean, the show is the show. You get another hour and a half of new seatbelts music. So hey, aces. it's already on Spotify. Enjoy. Um, so the outfits look a little janky at times. Some of the sets look a little janky at times. Some of the dialogue is definitely janky at times. The Faye depiction, the choices that were made with Faye skew a little young to me. Mm -hmm. Um, There's definitely no femme fatale there like there is with the anime depiction. Although I think in the anime depiction, she has been hard luck woman a little longer. There's more time has passed that she's been unfrozen dodging uh, debt collectors and things like that. I think she's only been out for a couple years mm-hmm. in the live action. So she is still very kid-like uh, to a certain extent. And also there is Vicious and Julia play a much larger part in this. Right. Do you want to know for real, for real, not in some vague flashbacks and, you know, opaque lines of dialogue, what happened with all of them? Without a doubt, you will see that right here. Um, you will get flashbacks. Apparently, Spike's real name is Fearless. Like that's right. Um, at first, you're like, "That's stupid," but the villain's name is Vicious. So, I mean, I guess <laughs> you know, manage your expectations, fanboy. Yeah. Ultimately, I hope they get a second season because as they went along, they started to shake off sort of a slavish adherence to the anime. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, just to make sure I was, like, keeping my own expectations in check, the Pierre LeFou episode is basically adapted in the live action. In the live action, he's hired and broken out by Vicious to go after Spike slash Fearless. Right. In the anime, Spike just kind of wanders onto a mafia hit by this dude. Right. And because he, like, never lets anyone who sees his face live, he's being hunted and has to, like, figure it out. And it's basically the same... Um, instead of a cat that trips him out in the anime, it's the dog. Right. Ayn trips him out. Yeah. Um, although the first shot you get about Ayn being a data dog is Pierre LeFou like hacks him and uses his eyes as a projector. And I know some fans were like, <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, I shoot. I has, Ayn has movie eyes now. Who cares? <laughs> Basically who cares? But I mean, I watched specifically the Pierre LeFou episode of the anime again, just to be like, let me just, yeah calibrate oh yeah that's perfection and there's things in on animation you can do that you absolutely cannot do in live action and that's fine um so i hope they get a second season to sort of 
process people's reactions to this first season. The Rotten Tomato score is not great. I think it just has eked out a passing grade at right. this point. It has hovered on the top 10 trending of Netflix for about a week. It was number one for a couple of days, which mm-hmm. days after debut, which actually kind of shocked me. Right. Um, I think it's down to about number seven last I checked. I know how you were like, they absolutely do not need to do a second season of Good Omens. Because mm-hmm. um, it's like completely, you done did the book. Yeah. But I mean, they did that with The Leftovers. And when they went off book on The Leftovers, it was apparently fucking awesome. I'm curious to see what they're going to do when they hear kind of what the takes have been. And they evaluate, you know, choices they made versus how it went over with the viewing public. Um, and skip ahead now. Like five minutes, hit the hit the plus fifteen about ten times or so. Ten, twenty times, just kinda of mash it a bit. Um I'll let you know when you can come back because I'm gonna spoil some final scenes, some post credit final scenes. Starting now. I had said earlier when we talked about this, when you know, images and trailers were starting to come out, and people were like, No, where's it? <laughs> um I said you probably weren't gonna get get her. And if you did it was, they have the most secure lockdown production mm-hmm. in the history of cinema, mm-hmm. television production. Apparently they do, because Ed shows up right at the end. So exciting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. not exciting. Bad, bad cosplay look, and oh. Ed is not always at 90. Oh. Calm down, actor. Okay. Bring it down a little bit. Watching the Pierre LeFou episode and seeing Ed be like that version of Ed. Right. You know, hollering at Puff Puff Fei Fei at, <laughs> at Faye while she's smoking in the back in the bathroom. Like, that's my heart. Like, oh my God, I love them all so much. Um, like, that. that's my version of Ed. Don't just... Don't just wild out and, like, yell and be right. wacky. That's not what Ed is. And also, the outfit does not quite translate yeah. <laughs> to live action. Yeah. Um, but Ed does mention, you know, Butterfly Man did a bad thing mm-hmm. type of thing. Something Velaju, which is the plot to the Knockin' on Heaven's Door movie. So, they're laying the seeds to maybe tackle some of that. If they do get the second season, and I hope they do. That's mm-hmm. the ultimate point. I hope they get a second season. I cannot recommend it to anyone who does not have previous existing knowledge. If you know nothing about Cow- Cowboy Bebop, I would not tell you to watch the show. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, I had talked last week or the week before about how senior correspondent Chris and I were trying to decide whether he, he could just watch it or whether he should watch the anime first. So I guess we're going to watch the anime first. I mean, I don't. if you have an interest in it at all, if you were like, I'm going to watch the anime, sure, mm-hmm. watch this first. To compare and contrast, if you watch the anime, it might ruin it for you, mm-hmm. to be honest. Okay. But I could not sell this on, like, Mr. Melosh to okay. be like, yeah. watch this first. If if you have a passion for, like, Saturday afternoon Xena Hercules syndicated TV-ass TV shows. I do. And Caitlin McKinnon is one of those people. This may be a good hang. Listen, the show succeeds despite itself. For me, sometimes there's a character who I think. It's a dude in the in the anime, but it's a one of Jet Sources, Woodcock. In this, in, in the live action, it's an older woman who behaves exactly like you would expect an older woman with a name like Woodcock to behave. Yep. And the one, the cringiest line of dialogue that Twitter was all over was, um, Jet's like, "This sounds like blackmail." She's like, "Well, Jet, you are black and you are male. 
And at that moment, you're going, ugh. Uh. But then, like, two seconds later, John Cho's in the background going, this is my favorite person ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, so... The chemistry between the three leads, that's the problem. That's ultimately the thing that you hope they figure out is that the chemistry of the three leads is actually really good. Right. Um, and when they're just doing their hangout bounty hunter thing, which is what the show was, yeah, that's awesome. But this is a Western show, Netflix show. you got to have an overarching villain. you got to have something to move the plot along. Right. That's why you get bogged down in the vicious and the syndicate and all that type of stuff. But when it's Faye, Jet, and Spike and the dog yeah, just like hunting bounties, that's dope. And it's still fun. And the best stuff from the sh- series – Still hits. They do the, you know, Faye watches the videotape of her as a kid. Right. Giving the cheer to herself, her older self. And when she starts crying, you're like, oh my God. Like that, that still hits. Although Faye does have gay sex at one point, And I just deleted Twitter from my phone at that point. Because I did not want to just assume it was going to be just a hellscape of burning trash cans at that point. And I did not need to see that. Nope. Chuds. <laughs> That's the ultimate takeaway. It's not terrible. I didn't hate it. I have reached a place of calm regarding the anime existing. So and... stop asking. <laughs> Listen, I know, I know y'all were curious and I would be curious too. If I, I don't know, uh, the, the, the reboot of murder, she wrote came out and <gasps> yep. I would want to know what Caitlin thought about that. So I think I kept that concise as possible. It's on Netflix. Watch it. You know what? Watch it just to give them the streams. <laughs> so maybe we can get a second <laughs> season out of it. If I were to kick punch it, it would be like a six. Oh, okay. So, I mean, listen, we're managing our expectations. It's not good, yeah. but it's not a failure, Okay, I guess I would say. Okay. So, with that, yeah, we're going to talk about something that is also not good, but maybe not a failure. Yeah. November Crapathon wraps up with a visit to Barsoom. <laughs> after this, Barsoom! After this break. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the program. This is the part of the show where Caitlin and I talk about the things one of us brought the other, although this is kind of a mutual bringing yeah. this week. As Crapathon wraps up, it's the best time of the year when we watch things that are, we deliberately watch things that we know are bad. We have a reputation of being bad, yeah. which is what we did this time, but there are still rules. There are. First rule is the rule of three. That's the rule that if the thing comes in parts, we're going to watch three of them, but it doesn't come in parts. It just comes in a part. A part. Wanted to come in three parts. <laughs> Didn't get a chance to come in three parts. Oh, man. It really wanted to. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> uh, but alas, a single movie, which we both watched. Second rule, hashtag save it for the pod. Do not talk about the thing until you are sitting in front of these microphones, no matter how much you want to scream at the other person about what you are watching. Indeed. Sometimes it's very difficult. Very difficult. This may have been one of those times. We will get into it. Lastly, <laughs> it's like, what? I haven't done, I'm having your moment about, about the intro where I was like, what is the third thing? <laughs> third rule, not so much a rule as a policy. There will be spoilers. But this movie came out a long time ago. It came out and a very long time. And what can you even spoil? You I don't know. Can't. It's like a nine-year-old movie based on a like 75-year-old book. So yeah, I mean, just, yeah, no. So we came at this one basically on reputation. I don't know how, I don't know why... 
why it even happened? Did the actor's name come up and we were both like, I oh, right, because yeah. Yeah, he, he was in the covenant and we both had a brain fart and we went, oh my God, have you seen this? And we, we hadn't. So we said, well, that's probably something we need to get into because there are a few things as infamously bad. Yeah. It's just a reputation for being bad. As John Carter, which is a 2012 American science fiction action film directed by Andrew Stanton. Written by Stanton, Mark Andrews, and Michael Shaban. What are you doing here, Michael Shaban? How'd you get here? You were just running hot off of Spider-Man 2 and you were like... Did you get on the wrong bus? <laughs> <laughs> wrong turn to Albuquerque? How'd you end up here? Uh, and based on A Princess of Mars from 1912, the first book in the Barsoom series of novels by Edgar Rice Burroughs. The film was produced by Who Cares? <laughs> the film chronicles the first interplanetary adventure of John Carter and his attempts to mediate civil unrest amongst the warring kingdoms of Barsoom. That's Mars, y'all. Um, John Carter stars Taylor Kitsch in the title role, Lynn Collins, Samantha Morton, Mark Strong, Kieran Hines, Dominic West, James Purefoy, and Willem Dafoe. Several developments on a theatrical film adaptation of the Barsoom series emerged throughout the 20th century from various studios and producers, with the earliest attempt dating back to the 1930s. Most of these efforts ultimately stalled in development hell, but in the late 2000s, Walt Disney Pictures began a concentrated effort to develop a film based on the works. The project was driven by Stanton, who pressed Disney to renew the screen rights to, from the Burroughs estate, and he became the film's director in 2009. It was his live-action debut after previously working with Pixar on films like Finding Nemo and WALL-E. John Carter was released in the United States on March 9th, 2012. The film was presented, who cares? Upon release, John Carter received a mixed critical reception with praise for its visuals, the score, and the action sequences, but criticism toward the characterization and plot. The film flopped at the North American box office but set an opening day record in Russia. It grossed $284 million at the worldwide box office, resulting in a $2 million write-down for Disney, becoming one of the biggest box office bombs in history, with a total cost of $350 million, including an estimated production budget of $263 million. It is one of the most expensive films ever made. Due to the film's poor box office performance, Disney canceled plans for a sequel titled Gods of Mars and the trilogy Stanton had planned. So... This is, like we said, uh, basically noted for just tanking the regime at Disney, basically, then, yeah. at the time. Yeah. Like, whoever preceded Bob Iger yeah. preceded Bob Iger because of John Carter. One, one of the many reasons, yes. But a big reason. And also because it was a time of, like, big box office movies and, like, everyone thought when there was just talk about this, that this is going to be, like, the new one. And then it just didn't, it just, like, failure to launch, kind of. It just seemed to go away really quickly. So uh, here's here's the Wikipedia version. Uh, the film's failure led to the resignation of Rich Ross, the, the head of Walt Disney Studios, even though Ross had arrived there from his earlier success at the Disney Channel with John Carter already in development. Ross theoretically could have stopped production as he did with a planned remake of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea or minimized the budget as he did with The Lone Ranger starring Johnny Depp. Instead, Stanton was given the production budget requested, uh, backed with a marketing campaign that is typical of a tentpole movie but without significant merchandising. It was a part of that Ross later sought to blame Pixar for John Carter, which prompted key Pixar executives to turn against Ross, who had already alienated many within the studio. The 2013 book, John Carter and the Gods of Hollywood, add that to the TBR, <laughs> TBR list. 
cites many factors in the film's commercial failure, but author Michael D. Sellers insists the film tested very well with audiences and failed more because of marketing problems. Well, let's talk about that. Caitlin. Yeah. This film has a reputation for being terrible. Yeah. Is it terrible? No. Kind of not. It's not, it's not like God awful. It, there are moments where the, the dialogue is bad and there are moments when the CGI is bad and there are moments when the story is bad. It's just a very odd movie. Yeah, and the for pacing. the amount of money it cost, it's a very odd. It's movie. very odd. The pacing is weird. Um, the the weirdly so it's supposed to be about this new fabulous world, and it's so okay. So Chris it and I sucks, yeah. Chris and I have this ongoing joke where if you watch Star Trek for long enough, you recognize the one quarry in. Like California, <laughs> where everything, every other every world, sand, every is, sand planet is shot. is shot. Every planet, just period, they use this quarry. And we we joked as soon as we saw like him go to Mars. I'm like, he's like, oh my god, it's the quarry, <laughs> and it and it is. It's just it's so underwhelming that. It's so it's underwhelming. It's like Attack on Titan. It's just like the brownest thing you've ever seen. It's yeah. just like, it's just beige. And you're sort of like, isn't this supposed to be like a, spect- a spectacular spectacular, right? <laughs> like, isn't this supposed to be like awe-inspiring? I was expecting something like, you know, some of those shots in, um, in, uh, oh, movie Fifth Element, where it's like, you're amazed by the sort of spectacle in front of you or the size of the city or the size of wherever. I know it's a dying planet, but there just was none of that. And when you go back and forth between places, there's no sense of travel or distance. Mm. Um, so it makes it very small. It feels like a very small movie for a very big budget. Does that make sense? Yes, I'm surprised you didn't get the sense of uh, distance and travel, considering Homeboy can jump really far, y'all. <laughs> just, just jumping like crazy. Yeah, yeah, he, d- he does. He does do that. Gravity, y'all. Um, so basically, yeah, the, the story here is uh, also John Carter just kind of sucks as a protagonist. Oh my god, yes, He's real terrible. So the jam is uh, he is just kind of looking for a cave of gold somewhere in America, America. Uh, after the after the Civil War, which uh, fun detail left out. He fought on the Confederate side. Oh yeah, that's in the book. <laughs> yeah, apart from the South, y'all. Famously in the book, like famously, people have been like, yeah, the, mo- the movie <laughs> put that to the side. Yeah, it's a little little problem problemo. Um, and then he's like he. He gets, I did find it funny when he kept escaping. Well, yeah, it had. Brian, Brian Cranston shows up for 47 seconds. It's the best 47 seconds in the film. To, like, I don't know what they wanted him for. He's a former soldier. Does he still have rank? Does he still have a title? Yeah. Like, well, they want him to be a soldier with their, like, cavalry or something. And he's like, I don't want to. And he's then. Like, eh, eh, don't want it. Looking for gold. Yeah. And as they're, like, reading, all, as he's giving them all the reasons he should, every sentence he gets out. John Carter either just like kicks the desk over and runs or dives out a window or <laughs> that was like this silly fun where I was like, Oh, this isn't terrible. I was like, oh, this movie isn't bad at all. And yeah. then just did it, it oh. was forty seven hours with green people. And also, can I say that that other princess was the princess we deserved? Other princess. So there's the alien princess. Oh. <laughs> like the green one. Right. And then there's some red lady who 
there is zero chemistry. None. They like wedge in that she's a professor for reasons. <laughs> I was like, you're just pandering to me now. I know you're doing this. I know you're pandering. I looked it up. She isn't a professor. She's just a princess. Not a really professor. Who can handle herself though, remarkably in the books, but just a princess. Um, and so basically, yeah. yeah uh, as as he's like escaping, so as Carter is with the. Uh, the u.s military and they're kind of riding along they encounter some apache there's a tent standoff there is a battle of sorts mm-hmm. card is kind of trying to like minimize death on both sides type of thing he's actively not trying to kill any apache but also trying yeah. to keep them from killing any of the americans and he ends up in some cave and there's a weird ball dude and he tussles <laughs> with him and then he teleports and then you think off to barsoom oh yeah you think okay let's talk about that glossed over point there were two of him? Yeah, so he astral projects. So That's he's still on. I'm sure yeah. it is, but the movie does a terrible job yeah. of explaining it. Especially at the end where it's supposed to be a much more kind of uh, yeah. detail. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was still on Earth the whole time? Just yeah. his brain projected onto it, it, Mars? No, it made like a copy of his mind and body. The movie clearly did not want to reckon with the paradoxes of that too much. No, just make him teleport. Just make, change the story. Just make you him have teleport. to make it like just make that. Him teleport. Anyways, um, so I, though Chris and I both had a moment where we freaked out and we like screamed at each other. Have you watched Rome? The the show Rome. Yes. No. The one that everyone glosses over when they talk about The Sopranos and... <laughs> First era HBO peak TV? Yes. Um, so, the people who play um, uh, Mark Antony and Julius Caesar mm-hmm. play the king and his advisor. <laughs> James Purfoy and Kieran Hin- Hines. I think it's Hines Hins. I'm not sure. Um and we realized that at the same time and just started hitting each other because they literally just got off doing Rome and then went to this movie. Like it ended in like <laughs> like right before this. And I was like, what is going on? Shouts, shouts to my Rome heads. Um, so, yeah, when he first gets there, he comes across. I don't. Uh, God, I don't I don't want to know details about this movie. And y'all don't care about Wait, details he, about this movie. He wakes up. He's in sand. He sees he's in sand. There's a fight between, uh, he's kind of halfway between the cities of Helium and Zadanga, or Topanga, as I kept calling it. <laughs> um, and there are these green alien creatures, and he jumps to where they have their babies, their eggs. For, is that what we're talking about? Yes. Oh, they were very cute. I did like, I did like, uh, hatchlings. Yes, they were. Um, I guess they're just called green Martians. It was just a lot. It was a lot. And there, was they, a, there was a lot, but also there wasn't. Yeah, like, well, the story wasn't... It was just kind of hanging out, like... Yeah, the story wasn't inspired at all. He hangs out with the Green Martians for a while and kind of uh, escapes with the uh, the princess, but kind of not acknowledged princess no, of... She's... No one's supposed to know. That's a big deal. Apparently. Which you're like, okay, I guess... And Why then, is that uh, a big deal? And then Jimmy McNulty shows up and starts attacking people. Yeah. Man, he probably thought this was his, <laughs> like, this was his rocket to movie stardom, right? This is going to level him up. He already had all the TV accolades, and now it's like, woo. Ooh. Movie star Dominic West. Whoops. Whoops. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, he my did, G. He did other things. He did do other things. He was in The Affair, y'all. <laughs> 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 Just pulling out random shows nobody, talk, nobody talks about anymore. 
Um, yeah, and then like, so the 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 Red Princess is supposed to marry Jimmy McNulty, and they're like brokering this peace, and, and the bald she... dudes are like manipulating everything, and they're but like immortal, but why. not, or why they care, and they gave McNulty this like blue laser thing that like. And why was he going back to Earth anyway? Like, there's just so, there's so much. Yeah, why do they care about Earth? Because that's the whole thing. He Basically, you get to the end of the movie, uh, this battle has been thwarted. Did McNulty turn? I don't even remember. I wasn't paying attention at this point. Uh, no. I think he just died? Did he? All right. Oh, um, no, he let him live because he was going to tell him everything, I think. I can't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, I was watched this two weeks ago. It's like it's gone already, y'all. <laughs> this movie cost this movie costs like Mozambique's gross domestic product, and we cannot remember a single thing about it. No. Um. So he gets tricked, and he zips back to a. I guess his copy is deleted. Yeah. And now he just exists on Earth, and he spends the next. Where did he get his money from? From the he, gold in the in the mountain. The gold ever really shown? Yes, they literally showed like huge amounts of gold. And yeah. He was like, "Oh, I found the gold," and then the bald guy appeared, and he was like, "Hey!" I just thought he saw a weird spider thing on the side. No, I clearly was cooking dinner while this movie was playing. Um, sidebar: because I spent so much time not actually looking at the screen, I do yeah. have to say Taylor Kitsch uh, ran so James Franco could walk. Every time that guy talked, oh I was like, "Oh my god, that's Frank Franco!" Weird. That's what senior correspondent Chris said. He's like, every time I look at him, I just see James Franco, <laughs> and I was like, "What?" I think that they look very different, but apparently I'm wrong. I'm not even talking looks; I'm talking voice. Yeah, every voice time he too, yelled, yeah. I was like, "Jesus, Franco!" Yeah, but Franco's gone now, so Taylor Kitsch. This is your time. Get, Though I get feel back like, in the lane, I think, feel like Taylor Kitsch is one of the ones that, like, they're going to bring him back. So. He was on True Detective. He, he, yeah. can, he can leverage his moment. Yeah. And he's, he was on something else recently as well. The clever, the clever, the clever, in quotes, framing device is that uh, IRL, Edgar Rice Burroughs, young, young Edgar, is the nephew of John Carter. What a twist. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh... And... He leaves him this journal to read because, and he wants Ned to get tailed. Yes, by one of the bald guys who's just kind of hanging out on Earth. Yeah, because they they they've been trying to kill him ever since. Yep, and to lure him, um, so he can. He basically uses Ned as bait so he can hide to the side. He's faked his own death. Yeah, and he can hide to the side and attack this bald guy on Earth. Steal his little magical pendant. Yeah. Hop back in his crypt. Yeah. Where he's going to live out his days. I hope that princess didn't wait for you. (laughs) I know she was your wife, but which also like, there was just no chemistry. There was no chemistry except with the green alien. That's the princess we deserved. That would have made a much more interesting story. I mean, there are many choices that were made in this movie that could have been much more interesting. And that's ultimately the problem and why it's a failure is because you spent so much money and it just does not move the needle at all. If you try and spin too many plates in the air, some of them are going to come crashing down. What an analogy, y'all. Check that analogy game. So I don't even know. What do you you give this? Also, also, also. Yeah. Also. The son of me hitting Caitlin. Oh. Like two and a half hours? Oh yeah, something like that. Way too long. You felt that shit. Oh, I almost, I almost wanted to be like, no. <laughs> There's too much TV. No, no, no. As a coworker, as a coworker recently said, I don't have many Thursdays left. I don't. <laughs> I'm not. 
I'm not using one for you, John Carter. Um, so, I mean... It's a five across the board for a, everything. You just giving a five? Kick punches, punch kicks. It's a five. This movie was a movie. It's, it's a movie. Yeah. It does not fail as a movie. It tells a story. From beginning, middle, and end. Not a very good one. And too long. <laughs> it takes a very long time to tell a C-minus story. I'm sorry. A movie about going to Mars... <laughs> In having this, like, crazy, epic Mars battle should never drag. The movie should never drag. And I it just, does. Man, there, Do I have to go down the river? Do we? Do we have to have the speed dog? Like, uh, okay, speed dog was one of the better parts of the movie. Sp- space French Bulldog, giant space French Bulldog, I will ride for. That's fine. That's fine. But did did we... Did we need him with all the other stuff? It was the moment where I don't know why he's getting attacked by the Green Martians, but suddenly he's just Superman. Yeah. And he's just literally just like swinging swords. And it's like the the, the highest caliber of warriors at of the Green Martians are like deliberately running into his sword. Yeah. It's like, oh boy, I hope I don't get stabbed. Ugh. Let me just, he's literally just getting piled on. Yeah. But because he's John Carter. And he's Mars. Jesus and Superman now. He's yeah. like literally Swinging just. Those. You can't see, but he's doing a very convincing Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. <laughs> yeah, super. Soup's convincing. Um, about as convincing as Taylor Kitsch in this movie. <laughs> oh, no. You can't just be strong, Taylor Kitsch. You Brr. can't just have muscles. Like you suddenly, you know how, suddenly you know how to fight 18th century, you know, 17, yeah. whatever. Well, they, do, they do say he's a good swordsman, but I still am like, this is beyond the point of believing, right? You don't go, you're not, you go from firing a, mu- you don't go from firing a musket to being Chow Yun-Fat. Like, calm, yeah. calm down. And he, he, like, if he actually moved like Chow Yun-Fat, maybe I believe it. But he literally just flails his arms around <laughs> as guys deliberately jump onto his swords. Like, And and the actress, I still can't get over the actress who played the princess. She was terrible. <laughs> And just a Lynn Collins, yo. And but sometimes she was good. It's like Princess Leia in the first Star Wars movie. Like there are moments where you're like, "This is good," and moments where you're like, "This is bad." <laughs> um, and I was confused the whole time because I kept on thinking I knew her for, from something, but she—it's just that she looks like every other Hollywood actress. <laughs> like it's just like a blend of all these faces. That's all it was. Yeah. So that's a five. Five across the board. Good, on, bad, the ugly. It's on Disney Plus if you have a surplus of Thursdays left and you want to <laughs> crush one of them. Give one of them to John Carter. Yeah. I mean, I mean, listen, maybe you'll love it. Maybe you will. I'm not your dad. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But it's like, <laughs> I mean, we won't be friends with you. But. It's kind. I mean, it's on. It's kind of given Crapathon a like going out on a limp note. We're not excited about this. The end of the scrapathon. No, but we know what we're excited about. Oh my god, what are we excited about, Caitlin? Basically, the continuation of the scrapathon, but a different spin on it. Just take crapathon, take the crap of crapathon. Yeah, and put a little, grab a little, little snow, a little, little, little tinsel, a little, little holiday cheer, little glitter, pour some eggnog on it, hot chocolate. Who is ready? You know, someone cute sent me a. Sent me a link on Instagram. Yeah. It was the uh, basically the broadcast debuts of like all 156 Hallmark Christmas movies that were dropping. And you know what I said in response to the image she sent me? What did you say? Is that fucking Reba McIntyre? (gasps) Oh, my God. And it was, y'all. Oh. (laughs) So I will send you the link if you need to make any adjustments to bring some Reba into this. I might. Into this month. 
Uh, do you know what we're doing first next week? We already established it, right? I think. Well, I think we're doing. We should do the princess switch. switch. You want? You want to start with the princess? Switch? No, you don't want to start with that. Well, let's rip the Band-Aid off. Let's get it out of the way. I think we should start with it because we're going straight from this letdown. We need to go right into something that's just going to be amazing and oh, terrible. There's only one thing that there's only one thing that can pull Crapathon out of this nosedive. One syllable, Hudge. <laughs> it's got it's got a bridge. We got a bridge Crapathon to the holidays, and this is the way to do it. And she will ferry us through <laughs> all three of her. We'll come back for that next week, <laughs> y'all. If you want to get hype about the Princess Switch on the socials, you can hit us up on Twitter at GeekDownPod. That's where we live. Shouts to uh, shouts to the homegirl. I don't forget your at these days, but Chocobo, Chocobo Frappe. She's out there in L- she's out there in California for a BTS concert. Amazing. Loving your loving your pictures, loving your updates. Um, and yeah, rejoin us next week as we get into the festive spirit, y'all. We wait for it all year. It's truly the best time of the year. Second only to Crapathon, perhaps, but given the way we're going out, it's probably going to surpass this year. I think so. Feeling good about it. I'm ready. Feeling good. Friends, thank you for spending an hour and change, extra change this week. Thank you for indulging me on my bebop takes, which truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and I hope you will join us next week for a fan-freaking-tastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. He gets sort of an invite into a, he is, <laughs> Jesus Christ. To be so like, what are you, like, you're, like you're robbing a bank over there. Like, <laughs> I just wanted some water. Can't see me. I'm not a toddler. Shut up. <laughs> Drink from your sippy cup. Uh, you go to hell and you die. There's <laughs> <tech>. <laughs>